0: Pass first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every day. Free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you Monday through Friday. So why not start your day, make it your first listen, tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's episode, I want to talk about the Blazers' loss in Denver to close out a six-game road trip, an underwhelming one with a loss in Denver on Friday evening evening heading into a holiday weekend and then the questions that that loss and where they are at in the season sort of pose with this team I I think there is there was a feeling coming out of this road trip that felt familiar and I think that familiarity kind of places a larger question marks on where this team is at. We'll d- we'll talk about that in the first couple segments. Then uh, the Blazers are playing a basketball game. They play a couple. They have a light week this week. They play Monday evening. You're listening to Monday, December twenty sixth show, and they play this evening against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, not going to have Gary Payton in that one. We'll talk about that game. We'll talk about Payton, and we'll talk about the future of this team with with the lens of a a very important home win uh that they need to grab on the horizon. But first, let's do what we do fastest recap in the West on Friday, December 23rd heading into the holiday weekend. The Blazers lose 121-07 to cap a six-game road trip at 2 and 4. They fall to the Nuggets in Denver. Uh, the Nuggets got back to what appears, to, you know, closest is, is close to approaches full strength with Michael Porter Jr. back in the lineup. But the Blazers led this game by six at the break. They're up 64-58 at halftime, and then the third quarter happened, and the Blazers just got absolutely steamrolled. They lose that quarter 35-16, head into the fourth 93-80, and never get closer than seven. Cut it to seven with five minutes left. Cut it to nine with like 90 seconds left. They didn't totally wilt, but they were never within, you know, Never got closer than a three-possession game. They lose 121 one 7 Damian Lillard led—that's your fastest recap in the West. Damian Lillard led the way for the Blazers with 34 points to go along with seven boards and eight assists. Jeremy Grant had 20. Josh Hart, 14. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, 11 points, and fouled out in under 22 minutes. Uh, played 21 minutes and 27 seconds and fouled out. Couldn't handle Nikola Jokic. It happens. Not a lot of people can, but the Blazers' path to beating the Denver is a good Nurk game. It was not a good Nurk game. Anthony Simon's really strong struggled in this one. 14 points, six of 22 from the floor, one of 10 from three. He missed 16 shots, 16 missed field goals, 14 points. That's, um, that's not going to be it. Uh, He also had a little bit of foul trouble early. He finished with four fouls. It didn't really bother him late. Uh, On the other side, Nikola Jokic, 29 points, eight boards and 11 assists, 25 from Jamal Murray, 18 from Michael Porter in his return, 14 from KCP Contavious Caldwell Pope, and 13 from Aaron Gordon. Um, the Blazers, this was not about Portland necessarily losing this game. In fact, if you a long time listening to this podcast, I had said, like, last game of the road trip, six game in 10 days, at altitude, against a good Denver team, in a place where they are are good. Um, you know, it's a team with the best record in the West at the time of when they played. Like this seems like a, a very likely loss. So it was about the other games. And then when you lose to an OKC leading into this, you set yourself up in like, a, if you lose this, it's going to feel bad. And it did feel bad. It felt This felt bad. And it, and it felt bad because it wasn't that Portland got punked, right? Like they didn't get beat up. They didn't get blown out. They didn't get run off the floor or anything like that. They were, they were vaguely in this game the whole time. Uh, you know, the third quarter of the game just slipped away from them and they never got it like really competitive after that. But, it wasn't like this was extended garbage time. It was just like they were very clearly a tier below what Denver is. If Denver is a fringe championship contender team, I think a lot of people are picking them to win like that they could be a team that wins a championship. I don't think their defense is good enough to do that, but we'll see what happens. Um they're they're obviously a good basketball team. They're they're uh <laughs> they, they've won enough games. They're they're 21 and 11 now after they won on Christmas to like they're good. That's a good basketball team, even if I don't think they can win the title. Uh, but like the Blazers are a tier below whatever Denver is. If Denver is in the the fringe contenders title, the Blazers are a tier below. I don't think Portland is necessarily bad, but I think what this road trip and what this game in Denver kind of in, reinforced was that the Blazers are they're a step back from the truly good teams. And they're caught in such a familiar place, and I think that's what the frustration around this team is. And I'm kind of judging this by um, the internet. So I know that like people don't post on Twitter and Reddit because they're very level-headed. So I realize in some ways I'm talking to the the, the, the extremes of, of, of fandom. So if you're if you are currently not freaking out, maybe this isn't directed at you but for those who are who are I think there are there is a large portion of the fan base or at least a vocal portion of the fan base that is that is pretty deeply down on this um that I think the frustrating part about this is that it feels so familiar the blazers are a top 10 offense and a bottom 10 defense or even worse um you know a, a good offensive team that needs Damian lord to go nuts to have a chance a team with very limited depth that really struggles when Dame sits. They need Dame to be awesome. They need, you know, they're they need to outscore teams because their defense isn't good enough to get stops when it matters. Uh, the Blazers are seven and fourteen when they score one hundred and fifteen less than one hundred and fifteen points. They absolutely have to score and have score a lot because they're not winning games that are low scoring with any regularity. Um, they are they are a team reliant on two smaller guards or two, maybe the size is not the big issue here, but it's two guards that are not good defensive players and trying to build a team, a competitive team around two guards that aren't particularly good defensive players is put them in a position that they're in. And that position feels so familiar. How many times over the last five seasons have you said, the blazers aren't that bad but they're not championship level. And part of the reasons they aren't championship level is because they don't have enough depth on the bench. And because they don't have enough depth on the bench, they're extremely reliant on Damian Lowe to be special. And while they have a really good backcourt mate in CJ McCollum, he's a very good basketball player. He's not the perfect fit next to Dame. That is familiar. The parts are different. I think Blazers have upgraded their defensive parts. They've upgraded their wing core. There's obviously some injuries there that are a factor. Uh, Nazir Little and Gary Payton were supposed to be big time. I think those probably your sixth and seventh man off the bench if Nazir Little wasn't projected to be starting those are two of your top seven guys heading into the season they're not they're not available injuries are part of it that's you don't get to wipe out that excuse or whatever Um, and more on GP later in the show but like the depth matters the lack of defensive improvements matters Um, the and the imperfect fit between the backcourt matters and it matters in a way that it has always mattered and felt familiar. And I think part of the frustration with from the fan base, and I think it's totally warranted, is sitting here and saying, again, this again, I'm supposed to be patient and wait for them to build up and what they're building up is with an imperfect and flawed roster? What? Why? <laughs> And I hear that. I, I, in fact, when I was watching the game against Denver, that that was what was going through my mind. Is like this is this is the same as we've seen, and and and. At a certain point, being stuck in the hamster wheel yet again, even with new parts, so the hamster wheel has been upgraded. They bought us a, instead of a clear one. We got the, uh, we got the fun yellow one this time. Uh, they got new, better wood chips in the hamster cage. It's, just, it's, it's an overall upgrade, and everything feels shinier. And the person who uh, manages the hamster cage is not as big of a jerk in public, so it feels a little bit better. But it still feels the same. It's still the hamster wheel. Here we are. So what I want to ask in the second segment is, so what do they do? What do they do? What do they do? Knowing the reality, knowing who, who they are, they're 17 and 16 through the first 33 games. Who are they? And knowing who they are, what the heck do they do from here? Let's talk about that. And we're going to use the T word. We need to talk about trades and we need to talk about Anthony Simons. That's what we'll do in the second segment. But first... I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by the National Highway and Traffic Safety Administration. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think for, of calling for a ride. Then you say, nah, I live nearby. I can make it home. It's no big deal. And you might be thinking, what are the odds you get pulled over anyways? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. Maybe you lose your job. Maybe you total your car. Maybe you kill someone. All right. So what do they do? They're 13 and 7. They're a good offensive team, but not a great one. They're a bad offensive team or bad defensive team. They're in a familiar spot. This feels like where they've been. So what did they do? I'll get to that in a moment. Here's what I think they will do. I, I think with all of these things talking about like the reality of how the, how I expect the team to approach it is better than just living in fantasy land. Um, it's it's fun to go to ESPN Trade Machine and bang out a million trades and figure out how to get Jimmy Butler onto the Portland Trailblazers. Boy, would he be a perfect fit next to Damian Lillard. I agree. Throw in Bam Adebayo too. I couldn't could probably couldn't choose two better stars. But. I think grounding this discussion in the reality of what I believe the Trailblazers will do is a better way to like consider what the path forward is for your favorite team. Living in reality is better than just um for me. I think it's it's more reasonable than just like s- screaming about land. So let's we'll scream about land in a moment, but let me be clear what I think the Blazers are going to do. I don't think they're going to trade Anthony Simons, because that is the that is the the elephant in the room, and the way that it was for many years the elephant in the room with CJ McCollum. It is not that Amphrey Simons isn't good. He's extremely good. He's 23 years old. He's one of the best offensive players in the league right now. And while he struggled over the last 10 games with Damian back, averaging just 17 a game and shooting 36% from three, down from his season averages of near 40% from three and 22 and a half a game... He's still, on the whole, one of the best offensive players in the league. Maybe, maybe one of the best shooters in the league straight up in terms of like catch-and-shoot shooting, off-the-dribble shooting, the, the, the many ways he can get into his shots. He's one of the best shooters in the league. He's one of the best offensive players in the league. He's, he's an extremely, extremely talented player on that end. He's also 23 entering his fifth NBA season with a bunch of room to grow. This is like the reason the Blazers paid Amphrey Simons this summer is because they know he's going to be good and know that he has a path to get better. He can improve on that end. It isn't that Amphrey Simons is bad by any means. In the same way that for years, it wasn't that CJ McCollum was bad. CJ McCollum's good. I I think a decade of scoring 20-plus in the league is enough evidence to suggest CJ McCollum is indeed a good basketball player. And I'm starting to feel the same way about Ant. It's not that he's not good. It would be silly to sit here and say, well, you know, he's he does, like, to only talk about the negatives. But the important thing here, the way it was in the past iterations of the Blazers roster is the is you're thinking about your co-workers. If you are building an ideal roster next to Damian Lillard, you are not going to put a offense-first poor defender next to him at the two-guard spot. You're just not going to do it. There's just no, like if you get to just, you know, pick it out of the cloud or whatever it might be and and build it magically, that's not the prototype you want. Uh, Damian Lillard 2.0 or Damian Lillard Light or whatever it might, whatever Amphrey Simon's like profiles as is like, you wouldn't want another one of those. That's a very, very, very good basketball player, but putting them together negates what you can be. But, I think the Blazers are invested in Amphrey Simons in a way that they are not going to pull the plug in February. They're not going to trade Amphrey Simons in February. In fact, I'd be surprised if they trade him this summer as well. But I, I certainly do not think less than a season of the Dame and Ant pairing together is what they're what they're headed for. I don't think they're I don't think their patience runs that thin. I think they think that the best way for a team like Portland that's not going to attract big name free agents and f- quite frankly right now just like doesn't have a path to create salary salary cap space they're not going to the the because of the contracts they've signed and who's on the roster like they're not um, there's no max contract slot coming so the way that they get better are accumulating talent on the roster and eventually making trades and drafting right if you believe they draft the right in and Shane sharp which I think there's plenty of reason to do Step one, try to keep him on the roster and develop him. Step two is is the signing right from once you get talent, re-signing that talent you have and making the right trades. Eventually, you have to decide what you want to be. But I don't think the Blazers feel the urgency to decide that now. I do not think they will trade, Damian, or trade Anthony Simons ahead of the February 9th trade deadline. I think he's going to be on the roster. I think it's about timing with this stuff. But boy, does it feel familiar that the team is invested in a really talented but in perfect fit next to Damian Lillard and isn't going to trade him because you want to have talent on the roster. That feels familiar. That's frustrating. And I hear the frustration. I also want to say this. I don't think it is impossible to be good with Dame and Ant together in the way that it wasn't possible for for the Blazers to be good, consistently good, with Dame and CJ McCollum next to one another. Damon C J McCollum finished third in the West on multiple seasons, two top three finishes in the Western Conference. That ain't easy to do. That that duo made the Western Conference Finals together, and sure, like things had to break their way and all that stuff. But like luck plays into everyone's playoff runs. You do not hold that against them. Only doofuses do. This is not this is the anti doofus podcast. Luck is part of it. Good seating is part of it. Everybody benefits from it. You do not get to put an asterisk next to it. What you get to say is they made the Western Conference Finals once with that crew. You can be consistently good and consistently competitive. But if the goal is to be, go beyond that, I think it's just clear that you need more and different stuff. You would need to upgrade that spot. You need. You need... Better and bigger defenders if you're going to build around Damon. When the Blazers chose to gave Dame, give Damian Lillard a massive contract extension, they committed to him, him and his timeline. It would be unfair for a guy that has been so vocal about wanting to win and win here to say, yeah, we're gonna wait two, three seasons to kind of get to get back to championship level. You might have to just because of the way the league works. But to say, okay, Dame, just wait till you're 34 and then we'll really go for it, is would be denying the reality of age. Dame's best years are right now. He's really good right now. You want to be as good as possible in the near term. That's that has to be the goal. So the way I felt back when we were talking about CJ and Dame is the way I feel now. Yes, they should explore trades for Anthony Simons because the way forward is to get bigger, longer, better defenders. However, trading Anthony Simons for an elite two way wing is going to be hard. Even if we discuss the big one that everyone has been eyeing, including Dame's folks and the trailblazers, um, like OG Ananobi in Toronto, say, Toronto's into the trade and say the money lines up. It's not perfect, but like let's just let's for for the for the context of it, let's just say you straight across trade Anthony Simons for OG Ananobi. Uh, it'll be different than that and blah blah blah. Do does a Dame Josh Hart OG Ananobi Jeremy Grant Nurk whatever center um, get you get you to the championship level? No, but it gets you closer, I think. I think you're a better team if you have elite defenders around it, right? Like I think I think you're a better team. But if but if you're not quite there and that's your big chip you've cashed in, that makes it challenging to do the next thing, like you need Shaden Sharp to pop and be a star. Um and, and maybe that's the path, right? You trade make the OG trade, Shaden Sharp becomes a star in year 2. And you have a really good chance with the right, you know, the right mid-level signings and then and, and all those things to, 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 to be as good as you can be, right? Like that, um, that gets you close to there. But if it doesn't, if OG Anobi is not quite the talented enough player to push you into championship contention, then I start you start to see the run up against it. I don't think you're trading Anthony Simons like for straight across for Kevin Durant. Uh, you know, I, I think there's like an eventual s- scenario where like the Kevin Durant's and the Jimmy Butler's and the like the the All Stars of the world are like want to get out. Um, I don't think either of those two gentlemen, to be clear, are, are in that conversation or, or close to it right now. I don't think Brooklyn and Miami are at those stages, but like, you know, if you were to get there, would Amphrey Simons, could Amphrey Simons be a centerpiece on his own for those trades? M- maybe, certainly maybe, but he would probably be Amphrey Simons plus stuff. If you got the roster, or did you get to the right place? Did you sacrifice depth to get better top end talent? That's the tough balance that they're dealing with. This isn't to say that they. I still believe the the you've got to explore what those trades offer. I just want to say that the there is an other side where even even trading ant doesn't get you there, and I think the Blazers are weighing that. So it kind of gets you back to square one. While I believe Portland has to consider. The Damon Lord timeline and what you would build best around Dame. And it has to be someone that's much more like OG Ananobi, who tops out as like defensive player of the year type, one of the best wing defenders in the league, as opposed to Anthony Simons, who's like one of the best scorers in the league. If you just had to choose what skill set you'd like to pair next to Dame, it would obviously be the defender because Dame is an offense unto himself. That's without discussing what, you know, what the sort of practicality of the trade would look like, what teams would specifically want, Anfrey Simons, what they would want, all those things, right? But if you're just picking skill set, I think that's the skill set you want. I don't think the Blazers are going to do that, and I don't think even doing that alone vaults you into the, the category of championship contender i think it gets you much closer and i think the goal is to get much closer and hope things break your way i think that's absolutely the goal for every team the west is wide open like there is no elite team right now getting a little bit closer and hoping for good luck is actually not a terrible plan because there's no dominant team that you say well there's no way we can beat them there's no like 2016 warriors right um you're just not going to run up against them 2016 warriors did lose in the championship (laughs) you will remember but like there's there's no crazy juggernaut But I don't think the Blazers are going to do that. I think the Blazers are going to be patient. So let's look at the other side momentarily before we switch gears a little bit. If they don't trade, and what do you need to do to, to maximize the competitiveness? That's even harder. And that's why I think you have to say even with the challenges of trading Amphrey Simons, go for it eventually. If you don't do it in February, do it in July. Like you just, you have to. If you're committed to Dame, you have to try to build the best roster around Dame possible. And Amfrey Simons is a good basketball player. He's your best trade chip. He's your best chance to bring back a very good player. Even a star player. Because Ant is that good. It's, it's You got to give up stuff to get stuff. But if they don't, if they want to build around Dame and Ant, the 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 way I believe they're going to approach it, it is such a narrow path to build a championship level team. Can they build a consistently competitive team with this group? Absolutely. But can they, would they be able to vault out of like, we're a good basketball team to the path from the distance from good to great in the NBA is very, very, very wide. There's a lot of teams that can build good teams. There's very few that can build great ones. The good news is right now, there's not a great team in the West. There's a bunch of good ones. So the Blazers path to becoming, you know, the upper echelon of the good ones, it's just really narrow. So if you if you have Damon Ant on the roster, you're going to need a like you're going to need four plus defenders and one elite defender. So you're going to need like a Bam Adebayo type where it's can guard all five positions, can anchor a, a a defense, can play a bunch of different styles, can 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 run things on their own and isn't a slouch on the other end. And then you need other plus defenders like I'm thinking about like the sort of classic Warriors teams, right? It's like you have this defensive player of the year, all-time great defender in, in Draymond Green, but you also add in Andre Iguodala. You also add in Klay Thompson on the wings. Like you you just, you have, and then even like your slouch defenders or your lesser defenders are like Harrison Barnes, who is a, who is a competitive defender and he's six foot eight. Uh, like it's just, it's, you need size, you need plus defenders. And right now, if you look at the Blazers, like plus defenders on the, who are in the lineup, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant. I think to build a championship team with Amphrey Simons and Damian Lord on the roster, those two gentlemen would have to be your fourth and fifth best defensive players, not your first and second. That's, that's the, to me, that is like, that's the path. And that is just such, that is such a hard needle to thread. That is such a difficult needle to thread. Even if you get, if you know, if you get a bunch of elite defenders, are you stuck with the Matisse, Thibaults, Andre Roberson's on the board who don't offer enough offensively. And then you're stuck in this, like, okay. (laughs) we're really predi- we're we're better on defense but we're predictable adding a bunch of like talented above average offensive players and well above average defensive players to this roster is, is just a really difficult needle to thread but to me that's the path it would have to be to win with damon ant that seems harder than just to trade ant admit that the best path for Damian lord is to have better bigger de- bigger wing defenders and see if you can upgrade that spot and then make the marginal moves from there I think, and this is the way I felt when I was covering this team for six, seven years with CJ McCollum and Dame together, is like, yes, you can be good, no problem, and play together, but there's a ceiling on what you can be because of the overlapping skill sets. And after this road trip for the Blazers and after that game in Denver, I feel the same way. This team can be really good. Anthony Simons is really good. <laughs> But there is just a limit to the overlapping skill sets next to the franchise player. And if the Blazers are committed to Damian Lillard as a franchise player, they have to be committed and aggressive in building the best roster around him. It's just the reality of it, and that reality likely means getting rid of Ant eventually. Trading Ant for an upgrade at a spot that makes more sense, not because Ant isn't good, but because the path to being good better is trading him for a skill set that matches with Damian Lillard cleaner it's just the truth it is just the truth and I think I was hoping we wouldn't get here maybe in December but I think we're here and The Blazers can have a successful season without making this move, but the idea that they could vault themselves into the championship conversation without eventually making this move, to me, I think it's inevitable, and now it's whether they will do it, and and if they're not going to do it in February, and I don't think they will, when they're willing to admit that. All right, let's talk about the basketball game. They played tonight against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Gary Payton is not going to play, and I think that's meaningful because sounds like he's going to return on Friday. Let's talk a little bit about that one. But first, let me tell you that this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Whatever that sports action is, you're gonna find out on Bet Online. You can bet on NBA games, you know, uh, futures if you want to bet on. All-Stars, who makes the All-Star team? If you want to bet on MVP races and all those things, you want to bet on games, you want to live bet during games, you can find all of that action on the NBA. When the Blazers were were struggling in that third quarter against the Nuggets, you could have got juicy odds that they they had a comeback. If you don't want to bet on the game outcomes, you can bet on individual player props, like how many points... Dame will score head to head bets, like if Dame will outscore LaMelo Ball tonight against the Charlotte Hornets, whatever it might be, you're going to find that action on Bet Online. So go check it out. That's Bet Online where the game starts. Still a pass, first point guard. I am still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about the conundrum that Portland finds themselves in. Um, if you're a long time listener to the podcast, you know that I don't love fake trade stuff what i love is basketball and guess what the blazers are back after getting christmas eve and christmas off their back uh, december 26th they host the charlotte hornets uh, in a light week for games they play monday and then friday three days off in the middle there uh, tonight they'll play the hornets who early in the year were the worst team in the nba they've been a lot friskier since lamella ball gets back they're, they've been more competitive they've won they've won some games they won in sacramento they won in la like they're 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 capable of beating decent basketball teams. The Blazers are a decent basketball team, certainly capable of losing this game if Lomelo plays. He's not on the injury report. He's going to play, You got to, but you've got to find a way to win. They've been struggling. They've been scuffling. They've lost three in a row um, th- on the road trip. The two wins they have are against Houston and San Antonio, two of the worst teams in the league. The other four losses are against teams that are, you know, Dallas is good uh denver is good okc is like better than the worst teams <laughs> i think charlotte is worse than okc but like you just got to find a way to win uh if, if you're a long time listener to the program there are no such things as must wins during the regular season but this is a heavy should win it's a capital s should win you gotta w- if you fancy yourself making the playoffs and doing all those things you cannot give away below 500 losses to below 500 teams at home when they've been out on the road for as long as Charlotte has been, you got to go get them, win this game, get the win, keep them moving. That said, Blazers gonna be shorthanded in this one. Uh, Gary Payton is not back yet, uh, but that's that's we'll talk about him in just one second. But no, Justice Winslow, he twisted his ankle uh, late last late in a game last week when um, going up for a, a rebound against OKC, landed on Kendrick Williams' leg, um, and is is. St- Still not going to play on Monday nights. Um, he's, he's got a left ankle sprain. So n- no Justice Winslow, which just is another w- another big wing defender. It means you're going to have more Keon Johnson nights, m- more Keon Johnson minutes, more Trenton Watford minutes. The you know, Blazers are playing minutes with, um, they're playing a bench unit. They played a bench unit against Denver at one point. That was Anthony Simons, Keon Johnson, Shaden Sharp, Trenton Watford, and Drew Eubanks. That isn't a, like that's just not enough talent to beat the best team to beat a playoff caliber team. Like I think Trenton Wafford is a really fun and interesting young player. Um, I think uh, uh, Keon Johnson is is a really intriguing young player. I think Shade Sharp is going to be really good. Um, I'm a I'm a straight up fan of Drew Eubanks' game, but that's just not enough talent in 2022 to to compete against the best teams in the West. But that's who they've got, and they gotta find a win game against. Gotta find a way to win this game against Charlotte. Gary Payton not going to play in this one. Still has not made a season debut, recovering from off-season core surgery. Uh, The word is that he's. You know, the Blazers haven't called it a setback. They haven't said. They haven't made that announcement. They've just said, "Oh, he'll be reevaluated. He'll be reevaluated. He'll be reevaluated." Um, the anticipation was that that. that Gary Payton would return sometime in November. I know there was a lot of people around the team, maybe not around the team. I know that there's some scuttlebutt within the fan base that uh, Gary Payton was supposed to be back on opening night, but he didn't say that. <laughs> at, at media day, he said, I hope to return, the The hope is to be ready by opening night. And then he didn't really participate in training camp. It was so clear he wasn't going to be ready for opening night. Like, it was clear on media day. You don't use the phrase, the hope is to be ready on opening night if if you're not like there and then you're going to be limited immediately that week like that was out of the cards right like October always seemed like he wasn't going to be ready in October but November was the anticipation within the organization like it's um, it, I think it's taken a lot longer for Gary Payton to get ready than than many within the team thought they didn't think it would be the end of December by the time he returned but I I don't think the way injury reports work that the Blazers like owe this deep explanation. What they should have done was when Gary Payton returned to practice, make him available to the media so he could just say whatever it is he wanted to say about his injury. Um, teams don't really need to release more information than they do. Like It'd be nice if they did and the like, transparency would be great. But like basically, per the league rules, they don't really need to. Um, and like, the competitive balance of the league doesn't really... It doesn't behoove them to release more information. So it's mostly like um, the Blazers, like by league rules, when Peyton returned to practice, he was supposed to talk to the media and the Blazers chose not to make him available to the media and they should have. And if he did, then a lot of this like weirdness around his return maybe would have been explained or he would have chosen not to explain it. And it would be like... um, Yeah, like, I don't think anything fishy is happening here. I just think he's been hurt longer than he wanted to be. Everybody's body is different. It's taken him a lot longer to get back from this surgery than he thought he would. Um, He's talked about, and so has Chauncey Billups, the mental hurdle of not just physically, okay, my body is right, my core is right, but like, okay, now I'm going to play at 100% and go hard and play 25 minutes and take hits and fall down and play basketball at a really high level. Like, it's that is it's... There's a mental hurdle to it as well, a mental aspect to it as well, and I think Peyton speaking to the mental aspect probably would have uh, assaged some concerns from the fan base. However, according to Chris Haynes' Bleacher Report, Gary Payton was targeting this week to return. He's now ruled out on Monday's game against um, against Charlotte. On Friday, the Blazers play in goal, in San Francisco against the Golden State Warriors, where Gary Payton will have his ring given to him you know, if you played on a championship team and then you leave in the off season, you get uh you get your ring when you kind of um when you finally are available to play against them. There's been some cases. I think the Jonas Valanciunas where it took like two years for Jonas Valanciunas to finally get his ring, um, from from the Raptors. But it's uh yeah, like this is it's a sort of normal normal situation where, where Peyton would come back and get his ring there does seem like he's going to return that date, and I think there's some conspiracy stuff about returning against the Warriors on ring night and all that. It's it just it's just the timing it was. Uh, according to Haynes, this, Peyton was, is hoping to return this week. He's planning on being in Oakland for that ring night. It sounds like that's when he'll play. All the weird stuff around this injury is not that weird. He's just hurt. He's just hurt, and it's taken a long time for him to get right. So now it's the basketball part. You want him to see him play, you want him to see him run around um, and be helpful and figure out how much he can help the Blazers defense, where he fits into the rotation, if he can play in closing lineup some nights, what it all looks like Friday if he returns, and I think it's still a relatively big if, that'll be a, a meaningful first step as the Blazers enter 2023. They enter a much softer, home-heavy schedule in January, heading into the All-Star break and heading into the trade deadline. They can find out what they have, find out what moves they need to make, and find out where Gary Payton fits in the near term and potentially the you know, multi-years with this team. I just want to see Gary Payton play. I just want to see him play and figure out how it works. I'm ready to talk about him as a basketball player. I'm ready to watch some basketball games. players play played two this week. We'll, got, we'll have five podcasts coming this week. You are listening to a little bit because of the Christmas holiday. I took a, the morning off. Um, this, you listen to a, a little bit later released episode of the uh, on Monday, December 26th show. But we'll have shows the rest of the week. Look for them. Tell your friends to look for them. Available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Make your first listen every day. Tell your friends to do the same. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.